in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to ridingdancedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 604 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we'll talk about the fact that it seems like uh, tourists are effing it all up everywhere. In fact, uh, many of them... Many uh, communities around the world now sending pictures saying, uh, wish you weren't here. Uh, a friend of mine, I saw her climbing mountains in the Alps the other day. And I, after looking at pictures, and I couldn't tell her this, I felt really bad for the Alps. Because I saw all the people that were on this mountain, and I just went, man. It just, it just looked like a highway of people in the middle of the Alps. I didn't love it. Also, uh, hey, the housing market. Redfin. Uh, it says the housing market is, uh, we've hit rock bottom. That's interesting. So we'll talk about that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, in our Hot Topic segment, I'll be Whoopi Goldberg uh, with my Crocs on. Ron doesn't know. We're going to hit this segment. I've, I have found, and we're sitting here the day after, there was a evening where <laughs> the other Republicans got on a convention stage on Fox News, and, and they kind of duked it out. And then we did, we're and today the president is being indicted now for for the, the fourth time the former president yeah and he's turned himself in. Here's what I think is is interesting though. If this would have happened a couple of years ago before the last election, when you go online, especially on Facebook, we would all be at each other's necks. When I go out on my Facebook feed, and maybe it's different on 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 X and Twitter. And so maybe it's different on those, but on Instagram and on my Facebook feed, it seems like all my friends on the right and left for the most part are not engaging. We're being nice to each other. We're not fighting in the same way that we were. I saw families blow apart over the last election. Some of those family members still not talking to each other today. Relationships that ended and then you you throw the pandemic in the mix and everything else that was happening. I hope we maintain this because the road is going to get rougher and none of us know what's coming. Ron, what say you? I... I'm pretty proud of a lot of Americans, not the ones I see on my TV screen. Charlie, down. Charlie. I see, I, I, am, I am very proud of, of most Americans for saying, you know what? I'm not going to come out on social media and blow my friendships and my families apart again for some stinking politicians, no matter what side of the aisle I'm on. What, what, what say you and what do you see? Or do you, or do you think that's, that, that, that's about to come is the election cycle is now officially kicked off? 
Uh, I mean, obviously, the political rhetoric is going to ramp up again. I think we're going to see AI and Russia and China and everybody start to infiltrate and try to infiltrate social media as they've done in the past couple of elections. So I'm anticipating that. I hope and I uh, if I prayed, I would pray that we've reached sort of culture war fatigue and outrage fatigue that you, you can't if you're outraged about everything, then you're not outraged about anything. And if everything's a culture war, then there is no culture to be fighting for. So I hope that we've reached a tipping point with that strain of uh, that line of logic. Culture wars, whataboutism, uh, being outraged all the time, like wanting everyone to conform to like one specific set of beliefs. Like I hope people have realized after doing that for six or seven years, it's like, wow, that doesn't get me anywhere. Like that doesn't make my life better. That doesn't make me closer to people that I care about. It's just is a, a perpetual state of being enraged uh, by everything. And I, I was talking to someone the other day um, that it leans way more right than me. And in talking to this person, nowhere seems to be safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Atlanta, that's a really dangerous city. Seattle is really dangerous. Like Dallas, it's like, do you listen to yourself? Like every place can't be dangerous. Are you talking to your sister again? So, <laughs> it's like, it's like if, if you're in these certain um, echo chambers, yeah. you start to, all you hear about is, is, outrage and danger and everything is something to be up in arms about. And I hope if, if we've learned that, that we can turn that volume knob down just on that, then I think we will be fine. Like it is shocking to me though, as you brought up the debate season beginning and former presidents turning some themselves in on their fourth indictment from grand juries, people it's shocking to me that that person is still leading in the polls, that that does not matter anymore. I, I mean, you and I just started in media when something as small, now looking back as this person may have gotten, uh, may have had an affair, or this candidate may have gotten an $800 haircut. John Edwards, his campaign was derailed by an $800 haircut. Or think about what happened to Gary Hart. Gary Hart. Because he was with that woman on the boat. Yeah. So nowadays, it's like those things wouldn't even be a blip in the radar anymore. So I hope that we have moved in, in in a direction where you go, what kind of country do I want? What kind of community do I want? And what kind of human being do I want to be? Like, if you've ever been around someone that's perpetually angry, like, I cannot get out of the room fast enough with someone that is always angry about stuff. Because it's like, how do you have the energy to put into that? And why are you so angry? Hmm. If you're angry all the time, that says more about you than it does the state of the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, because there, if you look up, for even a minute, there's a tremendous amount of stuff to be grateful for. There's a tremendous amount of beauty in this world. There's a lot of, of beautiful people that are doing good things. And you don't have to wallow around in anger all day long, every day. Yeah. And I, and I, I have to say, 
when I look at when I look at all the news channels, I don't agree. I I can see what they're all doing and what they're trying to do, and I'm always interested in it from a media standpoint to see what's working and who's getting ratings and what kind of money are they making, how are they paying their hosts, are they doing good in the community, and and it and it is interesting. Like after the debate last night, I went around to all the different news channels, and before I turned the news channel on, I would tell myself, I bet this is how they were covering it. And then I would turn it on and that's how they were covering it. And it's because they're no longer covering the news. They're doing what Larry King talked about. We talked about this before. It's infotainment. It's newstainment. They're, they're, they're taking information and they're entertaining you with us. Most of these people are not journalists. Journalism is very boring. It's like politics used to be that just the grinding of politics and how slow it is, it's supposed to be slow. That's why democracy works. And now all of a sudden you look on that debate stage and we'll see the same thing with the Democrats. And it, it really has become a reality-based television show. And that just didn't start. I mean, that goes all the way back to when we saw how ugly Richard Nixon was when he was on camera and how beautiful John F. Kennedy looked when he was on camera, right? So here comes Camelot and, and all the lies that go with that as a result. And some of the, I'm sure there's some truths in there as well. Anyway, I hope... I hope that we just continue. Is, is gasoline going to be poured on this fire by these politicians? They will be the only ones that, that have the answers to the problems. And sometimes when we're closer, uh, as, we, as we get closer down the road in this debate season, you're going to see a lot of them pull out gasoline, pour gas on it, light the match. And then all of a sudden it turns into these culture wars instead of um, – us just talking to each other. I look at Maui. Everyone I know is helping right now in some way that they can help. And these are all my friends that are Republicans and Democrats. It's just, this is who we are as Americans. We will see you on the other side. Hey, one of the things Ron and I really like about Les Schwab is they are always doing the right thing. You've heard us say before, hey, they've been doing the right thing since 1952. It's true. And the thing I love is they really get involved in the micro communities around here. Cause you know, Seattle, Tacoma, five, Fremont, what are we? We're just, it's a really cool area where you th- find 300 cities and towns that are just kind of connected with bridges, water and mountains. But let's not forget what's happening in Maple Valley for kids. This is pretty cool, Ron. Yeah. On July 22nd, the Valley girls and guys at Les Schwab will be having their fifth annual be the hope walk at summit park in maple valley it benefits the valley girls and guys foundation and is uh, dedicated to providing assistance to local families who are impacted by any type of cancer diagnosis how cool is that so you can participate and register that's a 1.8 mile walk it's 35 bucks you can go to valleygirlsandguys.org that's valleygirlsandguys.org all right les schwab they've been doing the right thing since 1952 All right, listen up, Everett, in Woodby Island, and our friends over on Bainbridge, and of course down in the South Sound, and over to Wenatchee. What's up, University Place? Yeah, and right on the east side, and of course all our freaky friends in Fremont. You know why I name all these places? Because Ron and Don have the biggest social media following and the biggest podcast of any realtor in the state of Washington, and probably in the Pacific Northwest, and probably in the country. As a result of that, Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, well, they're choosing Ron and Don to sell, buy, and invest in real estate. And why do you do that? It's because you trust us with a capital T. 
and we have a connection from all our years of doing terrestrial radio. But Ron, at the end of the day, we still have to step in, do a great job, be phenomenal, and win the deal, right? Yeah, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. It's a 30 to 45 minute Zoom call, free of charge, no obligation. We'll meet you, see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can set it up on the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, just reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. And hey, next time you sit down on a plane to fly somewhere, you might think about this. Uh, And I was looking at some pictures, some vacation pictures a friend sent me the other day. And they're overseas, and they're in the Alps, and they're a very accomplished mountaineer. And 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 I was, I saw the melting glaciers. You can just you just see the glacier melt, and you see how dirty the snowfields are, and you just see people for miles and miles and miles and miles that are all climbing on what's left of this glacier, and it breaks your heart a little bit, right? It breaks your heart a little bit. I was I was out. Discovery Park yesterday, doing a little trail run with my dog, and and they just planted a bunch of of new flowers and trees out there, and they've been planting Discovery Park for decades uh, because they cleared the whole park when they built that fort out there, and they put up over six hundred buildings. As the buildings have come down, they keep replanting the park year after year after year, and there's a lot of places they ask you not to go in order to allow it to grow, right? So anyway, Ron, what, what are your thoughts? We read this article that says, uh, <laughs> wish you weren't here. And even as we're looking at Maui right now, Maui's in a real catch 22. If the tourists don't come, Maui's in trouble. If the tourists come right now while Maui's in trouble, that's trouble too. Uh, what say you about uh, over travel, over touristing is there and i don't even know if there is such a word but 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 the the problem is not the desire to travel the problem at least the way this article that we both read frames it up is, is what type of traveler you are so the first one the most obvious one and uh amsterdam was the 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 thing that this happened and we saw this when we lived in new orleans the attitude of a giant swath of travelers in going to Amsterdam, and they, they specifically called out the Britons for this because it's a very cheap flight to go from London to Amsterdam. You can fly there on EasyJet for like 40 pounds, is that they go with the intention of complete debauchery. So you have this certain type of traveler that's like, I'm going to go to Amsterdam. No one's going to know who I am. We're going to get baked. We're going to get loaded. We're going to go into the red light district. We're going to just absolutely go off. Uh, and it's typically, you know, the younger 20s, 30s. But Literally go off. I mean, in more ways than one. And so the, the local population of Amsterdam is like, enough. Like, we don't want you here. Like, that's not the type of traveler that we want. There's a lot more in Amsterdam than the red light district and the, the cafes where you can buy marijuana. And so, yes, that exists. But and I remember when we were in New Orleans, you had the per, I've used this a thousand times. This is your analogy. So I'll give you credit. You said living in New Orleans is like when you went to a house party in high school and you didn't know whose house it was, but the rager was going on and you had the greatest time at this party and you were drinking and you broke a glass and you threw up in the bushes and then you left and you still didn't know whose house it was. 
<laughs> and so it's great for that person, but horrible for the people that own the house. Yeah. So Amsterdam is dealing with that. So if that that sort of archetype of traveler, and I agree with them wholeheartedly, if that's the reason why you travel, and you see this sometimes in Cancun or in Cabo or whatever, where the sole intention of the trip is, to, and I've heard people say this and I never get it. I'm going to Mexico. It's all inclusive. I'm never leaving the bar. It's all I can drink and it's like a mini America down there. In fact, right. in fact, every day when you wake up, they raise the American flag and they play the bugle and we sing uh, America like, the Great. What's the point of standing in a pool and just getting drunk for five days like I don't get it or cruises a lot of time. Yeah. So that traveler, I agree with this critique. Um, the, the other traveler is the one that is completely oblivious. And I think they talked about this. This was a, a city, I believe in Prague, maybe where there's a lot of cobblestone streets and that's part of the charm. And you have these folks with the gigantic oversized roller bags and an army of roller bags yeah. nonstop on a beautiful, all day co- long, on a beautiful cobble street yeah. all day, all night, never pick up their overweight bag because they had to bring six pairs of shoes with them when they travel. And the locals are like, they've said, we're going to find you 250 euros. If you roll your bag on these cobblestones, pick up your bag. Like the people that live here don't want to hear your roller bag hitting every cobblestone 24 hours a day. So they've instituted rules like that. And so I agree with them again. You don't need that much stuff to travel. No, you don't. And then the third type, which is a little more nuanced and interesting is people that come from a more affluent part of the world. They're go to somewhere like Porto, Portugal, where the, uh, the average, a Portuguese person might make under a thousand dollars a month. And then you come in from America as a digital nomad. And you're like, I can rent this apartment for a thousand dollars a month. Sign me up. And so now you've, you've pushed out and raised the rent. I, I feel for that. I think it's a little bit different. It's a different scenario, but I definitely feel for the person that has lived their entire life in Porto and now can't afford to find an apartment. Yeah. <sighs> Guess we're gonna have to leave that right there. Yeah. Hey, you guys! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out. Yeah, it's uh, Ron at Ronanddon.com, or you can go to Ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, we would love to do a meeting with you, figure out what your goals are in real estate, and help to get you there. Yeah. Totally. Ron and Don sit down. com yeah hey coming up on the real estate only let's see what edition this is uh episode 605 uh episode 605 we're going to talk about racial covenants in neighborhoods a friend of mine reached out the other day when he heard that we were talking about this and sent me a book about the boeings bill boeing in particular because he loved the racial covenants in neighborhoods some of those racial covenants still exist and they're in writing but where did they come from and why did they start? And how is it part of the white flight movement? And if you don't know what racial covenants are, uh, it was a way to be, basically write the rules. So Jews couldn't live in your neighborhood. Blacks, brown people couldn't live in your neighborhood, right? If it was an affluent neighborhood, we're going to keep it affluent. We're going to keep those real estate prices up by keeping those Jews out or keeping those African-Americans out or keeping brown people out. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that coming up on the real estate only edition 
of the Ron and Don show. We do that every Friday. And don't forget, if you need help with real estate or you have a friend that needs help, especially if you have parents that are downsizing, sometimes they have a reverse mortgage on their house and they need help with that. Sometimes a house just needs a lot of work, especially as people get older and they can't maintain it anymore. And we get that and understand that. Uh, we will bring that house back to life. We'll bring it to the market. And right now is a really good time to sell you guys. It's a very, very good time to sell. So if you need us, just reach out and let's get going on it. Ron and Don, sit down.com and uh, we'll sit down today. All right, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 605, Real Estate Only, dropping this Friday. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. I'm late on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.